0: you think welcome to the i work for Him zone i hope you're never the same today we have a very special guest a local pastor john ferris pastor at cross point church right there in pinellas park and we're going to talk today about how we're going to impact this generation of christian business leaders and we're going to talk about that because john is one of those christian business leaders that is now impacting business people all over the area at his church. You know, I want to just repeat the scripture that that is really the highlight verse for I work for him. Romans 12, 2, and I take this from the New Living Translation because I just love the way it says it. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. John Ferris, pastor at Point Church, welcome to the I Work For Him show. Thanks, Jim. It's such a privilege to be here with you. You know, we talked five months ago on the, on the phone, we were introduced by, I don't even remember who introduced us, it's been so long, but I was so excited to have you. This is really our, I, I was so excited to hear that there's a pastor here locally in Pinellas County in Tampa Bay that understands that you as a pastor are called to equip the people in your church to go on the mission field of the workplace. And that's what we're here to talk about today. I'm just so excited about it. But before we get to that, I want to make sure, is there anybody out there in the airwaves you want to say hi to today?
1: I'd love to say hi to my wife, Heather, and uh, my girls, Isabel, Emily, and Nicole, and of course, all my friends and family, whether you're checking in from uh, relationships that we have in the business community at the chamber, or at the church, Crosspoint, or even uh, our newfound family groups. That's Thank you. Thank you for joining in with us.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you all here today. Hopefully, you'll see that the I Work for Him show is an extremely unconventional show that you'll hear on the radio because we're talking about something that just doesn't get talked about enough. Sure does. Christ, Christ followers actually looking at them as their workplace as a mission field.
1: Henry, uh, Henry Blackaby, we were in a setting last uh, year about uh, six months ago together, and uh, Henry Blackaby said he believes the next great revival in the United States of America will come not through the church, but through the workplace. And uh, it's because of what you described is the fact that, um, you know, the majority of our communities aren't coming into the church doors anymore. They're they're but they're converging with each other in the workplaces. So that's the greatest opportunity, greatest mission field we have is the workplace.
0: It is. And we need to start equipping those those people right away. And it's really kind of funny. I mean, a lot of the people that I talk to out there in business and I network all over the counties, all over Tampa Bay. Some of them really believe that if they walk through the doors of a church, that lightning will strike them. <laughs> right, they, they, think, right. they, they think they're <laughs> going to die because they haven't been to church for so long, and they really should. Uh, and But they're afraid that they're going to get struck by lightning. So sure. I, I try to reassure them that, that we have lightning <laughs> rods atop of the church. There's no lightning in there. All right. What I want – I always start off this with every guest. Tell – Our audience how Christ first impacted your life
1: I was 12 years old I grew up in a church uh, my dad being a minister so I had this context of God always in my life Um, but uh, when it became personal I was 12 years old and I like to describe it this way that uh, my dad it was a Wednesday night and uh, he was uh, speaking he was preaching on hell and I make a little joke about it. I said he literally scared the hell out of me, because uh, it was uh, it was in that moment it really wasn't about heaven or hell, but it was about uh, listening to a call of God in my own heart. And uh, it was a it was a it was a draw it was a draw uh, from him that uh, drew me to his his uh, his love. It wasn't about heaven or hell. It was just about a relationship. And I answered that call at 12 years old. That's awesome. No, but you,
0: you know, you're you a pastor of a large growing church in Pinellas Park. That's not where you started. Uh, talk about your career, because you haven't been a pastor all your life.
1: Well, I went to Bible college. was one of the things that my parents promoted that I didn't want to go into. I had a heart for business always, and I wanted to go into business. And so uh, my dad asked me to go to Bible college for one year, shipped me off to a place in Chicago. And I only made it 81 days there. And they, uh, they called me in and they said, <laughs> you will never be a pastor. And I said, that's awesome. Uh, please tell that to my dad. And so they did. And they shipped me back home and I went to a time. It was St. Pete uh, Junior College. I started going to business school there. Got involved in working at a bank uh, while I was working my way through uh, business school. And uh, that bank career turned into be uh, a, almost a 10 year career of just working my way up the ladder in the corporate setting. And that was a local bank, Republic Bank, wasn't it? It was. It actually, when we started with seven, it started when I started with them. They had seven branches, and uh, we grew to a 81 branches, I believe. Uh, and when it was said and done, before we sold, but um, that growth time brought us to the uh, largest commercial. Uh, independently owned commercial bank in the state of Florida. And who bought up Republic Bank? That would be BB&T oh, out of okay. uh, Charlotte. All right. And they're good guys, actually. When they came in, it was a great it uh, was a great transition. They did a really good uh, good offering, and they did took care of the employees very well. So you don't hear that very often about mergers and acquisitions. Well, the uh, the lead uh, CEO of BB&T um, and the the staff there they uh, they were very vocal about their Christian faith when they came in, and they treated us. As, a, as you would expect Christians to treat others. And uh, they were just were great testimonies. Those guys were good uh, good businessmen.
0: So you started at the bottom of the bank, where you, like you started off as a teller? A teller, yeah. Okay. That's where
1: my first job was, a teller in the Seminole branch over by Seminole Mall there. It was me and a bunch of other ladies in the office. It was it. I was the only guy there. And uh, within a year, I'd worked my way up to the platform and that. And then uh, there uh, became an opening in the back office, which was an operations-based uh, uh, um, procedure, and they asked me if I wanted to, to apply for that. I did, and when I did, it put me downtown St. Pete with uh, the right there with the president's offices, and I became uh, friends and relationships there, and we grew, and I grew with them, and, and grew uh, into new positions and new opportunities as the bank grew. So, as you worked in industry, you worked in the banking world, which is a pretty staid, solid, quiet environment. Did you learn about workplace ministry there? I learned about the challenges. I did not do a great job as a workplace minister, which, which helped me and helps me today to understand all the dynamics and the challenges that you face in the workplace each and every day. What were some of those challenges? Uh, ethics, just uh, simple ethics, uh, what, uh, what may be accepted from a corporate setting. Uh, you still have to deal with on a personal level, and that personal ethic may be challenged by what the corporate ethic says is okay. You know as well as I do that on a on a, level, a personal level, the, your conscience can't say that it's okay. So those things, I think, that dynamic, um, when it doesn't align with your own personal conscience or your personal ethic, as far, as far as a Christian perspective, the challenge is monumental because the corporate is telling you it's okay. And so, you know, either you toe that line or you, you challenge the position. And if you challenge that position, it has to be done in a way that's tactful and, uh, and credible. And so you have to know what you're you're going to challenge, and you have to have the answer to to give a, a credible answer and a credible reason why you're challenging that ethic. And that was a struggle. Absolutely. And I didn't do a good job at it. I, I mostly towed the, the corporate line. Um, and uh, it, was, it was later on, as, as I started to progress in going forward um, in the transition of, of ministry, that I went back and apologized to many of the people that I worked with at the bank. I made amends to those situations.
0: Well, that was probably a really powerful testimony to be able to go back there.
1: It was powerful. I want to hear about that transition. How did God move you from being a bank officer to a pastor in a church? Well, he did He did the moving, and I think that's a critical uh, statement to make because I didn't want to leave the business community. I did love it. It was uh, it, it was natural for me, and I uh, enjoyed the work that I did. Um, however, there was the greatest—I always say the, the way the story goes for me is the greatest year I had business-wise— uh, was the most miserable year I had spiritually and <laughs> and, and emotional wise and uh, inside of those challenges it just directed me to a desperation that that led me to a place to say whatever you want whatever you want I'll do and uh, and as I made that statement uh, God started to open doors with confirmation uh, he opened doors of, of schooling and opportunities and people reaching into my life and speaking into my life the leaders that were in my church speaking into my life so it wasn't something that uh, I was sitting there belaboring and, and hoping I could somehow get into full time, you know, Christian service as far as a church is concerned. Because I believe everybody's a full time minister. If you're Amen. a believer, you're a full time minister. But uh, when I say full time, I'm talking about working at a church. Well, I did not want to do that. Just so for the record, <laughs> that was the last thing I wanted to do. It was a God directed, and He 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 opened those doors and guided that through a desperation and to bring about a fulfillment that I could only find in something that I didn't think that would would fulfill me or could fulfill me he he is fulfilling and that that part I think is is a dynamic that is important because I know a lot of times when I talk to to people in the marketplace there's this um desire many times to think that they that if they got into full-time ministry in the sense of getting out and working for a church that it would be you know that would be how they could live out their faith best and i say man i i would give so much i wish god would have directed me into your seat to be in full-time ministry in in the workplace because that's (laughs) that would really truly the desire of my heart and the interesting thing was as you know my story now god has directed me back into the marketplace so i've been able to have the best of both worlds and it's been a been a privilege it's not something that i sought after i saw he he directed that path so
0: how so did you end up going back to bible school then or not
1: i did you did I, did. I this as time I was, you stayed i was i was at <laughs> as i was working at the bank uh yeah it was uh, uh, i stayed and i'm actually still uh, going to luther rice now i just walked in may with my ma in apologetics and uh i'm continuing on for my mdiv and apologetics and hopefully for my ph nice yeah, I have no desire to do that ever. Yeah, amen. Amen. <laughs> There's plenty of times I say I have no desire to do that yeah, as well.
0: I'm sure your mm. wife and your three daughters probably are going like, Dad, when are you going to be done with school? <laughs> yeah, by the time I'm 50, I'll be done. <laughs> really, seriously. 45,
1: that is the track. 45? 45, yeah, that's nice. the goal.
0: Wow, that's rough. Okay, so, you, but, so your job ended at Republic Bank. Did you have a transition year where you weren't working anywhere and you were just studying, or did God really move you into a paid position
1: at a church? Amazing that there was a... Uh, The bank merger was happening from BB&T was picking up, buying Republic Bank. In my department, I believe I was the only one that received the severance package. The severance package was a six-month package that gave me the opportunity to make that transition, have a time period to make the transition. I had sent out applications. The only place that I even had um, an inkling that was going to be an opportunity was possibly in Pennsylvania. And I was telling my family, hey, you know, we're looking at maybe Pennsylvania. I don't know. Uh, And then uh, the church that uh, i had grown up in was making the transitions at the time looking at uh, the community and saying what can we do to reach the community so they were making some major transitions in those transitions there was uh, a a a group that uh, decided to leave with one of the pastors was a blessing it opened up some doors of opportunities and the deacons asked if i would stay and help them in the transition so i did
0: Huh, that's fantastic. Yeah. All right. So, so you've got this business experience, and and your resume is is, is impressive. So, as the pastor Cross Point Church, now you've gotten heavily involved in the Pinellas. What is it? The Pinellas Park not, Gateway Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. Pinellas Park Gateway Chamber. Of that's Commerce. a lot. Yeah, I know it's it's a big one. Yeah. But basically, Chamber of Commerce in Pinellas Park. You were the president
1: of the chamber for two years. I just handed that mantle over to uh, Hope Peterson, who was uh, on one of the shows here. And uh, yeah, we—I've uh, been with them seven years now, uh, and it was a—it um, was an opportunity they presented a couple years back. And I just, you know, I really do want to say thank you to uh, the folks at Crosspoint Church too, um, the ones that uh, attend regularly, because they gave me the opportunity to step into that position as well. It's a volunteer position, but um, there is some allotted time that uh, if the church doesn't have that vision of being really involved in the community, they could see that as a as a a taking of their, you know, their leaders and and leadership at the church there.
0: Yeah, we're going to come back to that, too, because a lot of churches are really struggling with that vision of getting involved in the community. But I want to ask a couple more questions, and we'll talk about that after the bottom of the half hour. So you were involved in the chamber. You were heavily involved. You're the president of the chamber, and I'm involved in the Central planellas Chamber, so I know what chambers are like, and I'm involved in the Christian Chamber, so I know what they're like. There's a lot of ministry that can be done there. Oh, yeah. So what did you find was the biggest challenge being a pastor within the chamber and also the biggest opportunities?
1: Uh, the biggest challenge was uh, getting past the barrier of, of title pastor, because um, that wasn't um, maybe something that the business community saw as, uh, as a, a business dynamic, I guess. And so I started making a little joke that uh, when have, somebody asked me what I did for a living, uh, I would say that I did motivational speaking on the weekends and uh, <laughs> i would I would drop the pastor title completely just so that barrier wouldn 't be so I think that was the greatest barrier but uh then um, the greatest opportunity that i 've seen is the networking relationships within the community, and it 's opened up so many doors um, with our fire department, police community, and our uh, city officials um, We have opportunities now, and we are chaplains for our fire department on a volunteer basis and uh, same thing, we're moving into the police departments that way. And inside of our city, we have a uh, presence of of being able to do invocations and, and offerings to our city, which has been great. It's, and so it's opened up a, a whole different avenue of relationship that has then led into ministry.
0: Mm, what a fantastic time. And, and And just people knowing that you're real. Yes, makes it opens doors. Just to be able to talk to you, and people will probably
1: call you and go, "Hey, John, I know you're a pastor. Can we like talk about real stuff for a minute?" Absolutely. In fact, we've had that that conversations happen more than more often than not. And uh, and once like that relationship gets built, there is a uh, there's a commonality that we all have, human beings share anyway. And so uh, on those basis, we've seen that relationship blossom into a lot of network and a lot of uh, community outreach that um, has has had ministry components, too. It's all ministry, but uh, the business community sees it from a different perspective. They see it as bettering the community, and that's that's okay, too. I mean, it's just finding those partnerships and the opportunities. Yeah, no, and there's unlimited partnership
0: opportunities out there, because co- people out there in the business world are looking for answers. Sure, they are. They don't know where the answers are. They know that making unlimited money is not the answer. Sure. And they really want to take good care of their people, uh, but they're not sure how to do it. And they're, and they're really not sure what to do when their marriages are a mess, their checkbook's a mess, and, and they really do reach out and ask for prayer when you when they know that you're available for them. So, all right, now you went through Impact Tampa Bay. Tell me just really quickly, how was that experience?
1: That was so great. In fact, Impact Tampa Bay launched a, uh, a leadership uh, group, I believe now it's coming up on its eighth year. Uh, I'm not exactly sure on that, but it's called Lifework Leadership. And uh, I would say that uh, that, that – uh, that offering, which is a nine-month course, where they bring in um, well keynote speakers from around the world, and uh, business leaders and uh, Christian leaders uh, from around the world to come in once a month, and you're going through principle-oriented topics of how to engage in the workplace through principles. It uh, it really launched me uh, in in my focus on on getting involved more heavily in our chambers and with the business community, and that's really where how I got involved was through that group. That was, the, they, they're they the ones that inspired that.
0: Right. And it taught you how to network as a pastor within that. All right. We're talking with pastor John Ferris, cross point church, Pinellas park, Florida, talking about how we're going to impact this generation
1: of Christian business leaders. John, thanks for coming back on the show. Thank you for having me, Jim. This has been a privilege today.
0: I, I know I locked the door so you couldn't leave, but you know, i am still grateful <laughs> that you want to be on here. Okay. We were talking during one of the breaks that uh, you've got these, a, a couple of other, uh, entities that you're involved in but one of the ones you want to talk about was newfound family what is this all about
1: newfound family birthed at the same time I was coming into ministry and uh, it started out as a uh, recovery based group and it has evolved into a, a principle oriented group and what I mean by that is is we discovered that uh, focusing in on uh, on what we call symptoms or issues that uh, are causing crisis in individuals lives uh, many times you know, focusing on that kind of de- Deter somebody from actually getting the solution or finding the solution that would bring resolution to the the issues that they're dealing with, and so it, as it grew, uh, and and now we can say that Newfound Family exists to guide people step by step through proven principles that always uh, bring about a desired effect and a change in their life and the positive change that they're looking for, and uh, why that has become so strategic to our ministry is because. I've been able to use those principles, first of all, in my own life, I live them, and uh, and inside those principles, they guide decisions and help us guide decisions, and one thing that I've seen in the business community is that there is a connect uh, with principles, business people and business leaders, regardless of their faith, and wherever they're at in their faith journey, or even if they dis- describe themselves as, as no faith at all, um, one thing that they can find common ground on is principles. Uh, every co- corporation has its values and has its principles and has its own ethics, and so uh, if we can promote the principles that we know are our our Christian faith principles, we know that we can promote them in a way passionately that are going to, they're going to give you the proven results that you're looking for. And so as we've seen individuals interact, and like I said, individuals from all walks of life, and especially in the business community as they interact in these principles, they're getting the desired results, and so It has caused them to reflect back on the fact that the Christian faith may be something to take a look at and maybe something that has a valuation to them that that brings about a reason for them to get involved again in exploring that idea. And it's been very successful. We're now in eight different states mentoring uh, leaders in eight different states. We're um, in two different countries right now, too and uh, it's just that we've seen the expansion of that uh, just be uh, amazing and enormous.
0: And and you said you're getting a lot of, in working with these business leaders, you're starting to open up their eyes to the fact that
1: Christianity has a lot of applicable principles to the business place. Correct. Correct. And, and that that has been the approach. And I, and I started with just the idea that, hey, here's the principle and we can live this principle out above a personality. And so that transcends into the message on Sundays and how we connect with the business community and with uh, unbelievers or even people that are skeptical. Um, I always connect with them and found the connection with them on the basis of principles. Because again, we can. Human beings are looking for solution. They're looking for a promise-oriented idea. And so, when you give them a principle that they can, and show them how to interact in that principle, give them the uh, the tools to interact with that principle. And as they begin to get the promise in their life, or see the promise that we can we can say every single time, because this is a promise on God's word, a principle of giving and receiving, a principle of of integrity. I mean, all these things that we know. Uh, have have promises that come with them, we promote the promise and say, let's live this together. And let me show you and walk with you on how to live this out. And as they do, it expands their faith. Their faith is challenged and grown, regardless of whether or not they know that is their faith being challenged. And I've seen business leaders that were skeptical in the beginning end up on their knees accepting Christ in my office after two years of of living principles with them
0: Hmm, that's fantastic all right that's one of the reasons I brought you on the show you you're a business leader who is a pastor as well because you're still a business leader because you were the president of the chamber of commerce for Pinellas Park how does that cause you to lead your church differently how is the vision for equipping business leaders Different because of your
1: perspective? We start at Crosspoint with the idea that our job is to establish environments where people can find um, the, their path to connect in, in their faith journey. And so when we start from that context, then we, we say, okay, what's another value that we have? Well, we value relational. Evangelism. We value the fact that um, because of this culture doesn't grow up and and does not have a context. It's it's postmodern. It's it's even beyond postmodern. We're we're in a we're in a totally new context of information, information age, and people aren't accustomed to just knowing the Bible. So we believe in that relationship opportunity, and, and because of that, we have promoted from the stage this idea of investing in individuals, investing in your business community, investing through principles. And as I'm able to promote these principles, preach these principles, whatever you want to call it, teach them, invest that in the community, in the business community, and see as those people interact with you on those, you'll engage in a relationship that will lend itself to conversation and, of course, opportunity to share the faith.
0: I can see your passion about it. One of the things that I struggle with is how do we challenge other church leaders in other churches outside of Crosspoint to see that Christian business leaders, Christian employees are desperately seeking help for how to take their faith into the workplace. The, the, the vision just seems to be lost for what the church was originally intended for, to equip its, the members of the church to go out and bring the gospel wherever they go.
1: Bill Bright said it this way when he he started launching uh, Campus Crusades. He said, until the church loses its egos and its logos, we have no hope of seeing uh, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ reach the world. And so I believe it starts with getting honest and saying that uh, sitting down with the staff, the leader sitting down and saying, do we fear losing whatever it is that you think you're going to lose by empowering individuals to make decisions on their own and to lead their own ministries that God has called them to in their mission field? I mean, there's, there's got to be some real conversation. And the first principle that I always promote is honesty. Truth and and rigorous honesty. Rigorous honesty is is, rigorous, is, is, is a like little that. bit different than just you know tackling some ideas. It's saying no. What do I? What is what's really? What's the real issue? Why are we hindering or why would we hinder individuals from being empowered to carry out a, an individual ministry?
0: Well, and the, the, it's an easy answer to that question. It's a control thing.
1: It I, mean, it, it, I believe it boils down to. Uh, is, is, is the dynamic of one or two things. It's either control or it's possibly not understanding how to, how to um, manage that dynamic inside the church, and that is a challenge. I will tell you as a church leader, that's a challenge. And so you have to constantly leave yourself in that tension and be okay with the tension of that we it's going to get messy and it's going to be challenging when we realize that individuals are going to be carrying on a torch that sometimes is going to have to be we're going to have to navigate that and we're going to have to navigate that inside the church that's a challenge.
0: Well you, you, I mean you've got a lot of people I mean the whole idea is to take me like a business leader and and allow them to do the ministry that they're called to cuz we all have been called and equipped differently and allow us to do that ministry without the restrictions, or the, you know. But sometimes you may have to help guide me. Sometimes you may have to help correct me. Uh, but to let that ministry flow freely because
1: people are people's lives are being touched. I believe both uh, both parties assuming their role. That dynamic can happen. I believe that is the New Testament church, and uh, we saw it in the New Testament where there was numerous challenges that they faced as people were branching out and doing ministry. They faced all kinds of challenges, but it was both parties being willing to submit to their role. And and both of us do have a role—the leaders and the and those that are uh, uh, under the leadership of the local churches.
0: You know, and, and you're right. The church really does losing egos and logos. Is is that's a fantastic line? I didn't know Bill Bright had come up with that. Um, when you you know, the, the christian business community is so intimidated about bringing their faith into the business world because they've been told they can't right. they've been told that, you know the whole separation of church and state thing which has been carried off far beyond what jefferson ever intended i mean the whole intent was we didn't want a government-sponsored religion right. it had nothing to do we wanted our our relationship with jesus christ to incorporate into every part of our society right yet we've been told you, know, you can't do that but yet we can do it and easily do it. Sure, can just by
1: being. Well, as you said, it progress, not perfection. Explain what that means. Progress, not perfection, is the idea that uh, helps free up individuals from believing that they can't be transparent, they can't be real, they can't live out their Christian faith in front of the community, uh, their struggles. Um, we promote it all the time. You'll hear that statement if you hang out with me. You'll hear that statement: progress, not perfection. Because ultimately, what we're we're guiding people and individuals to do is to live in christ abiding in him and living out those principles and and it's beautiful because yes you can bring principles into the business world yes you can and it doesn't have to come in with the title christian in the beginning you know that discussion doesn't have to come till later or maybe never that the word christian you know you ask somebody what being a christian is you're gonna every person you ask you'll get a different answer <laughs> yeah you got to put it in
0: christ follower i don't right. even use that word christian out exactly. there exactly all right so listen you're a businessman. You're a family man and you're a pastor. What's been the biggest struggle in balancing all three of
1: those roles? Uh, well, I would love to ask my wife that question on air, so we should. Oh, had we should have brought her. We should have called her. Oh, we should have called in. But uh, I would say, uh, for me, taking care of me uh, is probably the biggest challenge. And uh, what I mean by that is, is you know, principally, I'm always encouraging people to recognize their value and their worth. Uh, because I believe God screams that uh, throughout eternity, he screams how valuable you are and uh, how valuable you are to him specifically. And, and that love, that dynamic should cause us and, and it should compel us and it does compel us to, to care for ourselves. So taking care of me schedule-wise and obeying a schedule to the point where I'm included in that schedule, <laughs> I think that's the biggest challenge.
0: How has it been on your family though? Because it's tough. Being a pastor is probably the toughest job in America because everybody demands
1: your time and yet your number one ministry is to your wife and to your three daughters one of the dynamics that uh, i said and set in schedule is uh, i i did put that my family uh, at a, as the priority and uh, we do keep a a very rigorous schedule and that as far as that's concerned uh, so uh, i believe my family i uh, set a date with my girls you know i take in i have three girls and i take uh, each of them out on a date um, the older they get, the more challenging that has become. But uh, we, we have a date each week together. My wife and I, we spend uh, at least three evenings together, uh, three nights together a week, uh, specifically just us. So it's, uh, it's something you have to schedule and do and just kind of turn ministry off in in that component and realize ministry is stays on but it's for family.
0: Right, well your number one ministry, it doesn't matter who you are. Your number one ministry is make sure your your children follow Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's your ministry. sure That is your number one mission. All that other stuff is really nice, but if your own kids aren't following Christ, that means you're missing your missing the boat. That's what you're called to do. That's why we're supposed to reproduce. <laughs> it's a great thing. All right, what's been the biggest challenge as a pastor? What's the biggest challenge on your faith?
1: Uh that's a great question. I'd say God's timing. I believe that uh, God's timing has been a greatest challenge on my faith. You know, there's uh, there's so much opportunity, there's so much availability, and uh, and it just seems as uh, if the timing sometimes doesn't match up with the opportunities or the the availabilities. And so that timing, you just wonder. You said, if I was God, I would be pushing this button a lot <laughs> quicker. You know, I'd be making this happen a lot faster. But obviously if
0: you were God you would know that no the button needs to be waited to be pushed. <laughs>
1: absolutely, absolutely. Cuz yeah. well, his timing's perfect. Don't get me wrong, it's just that's the challenge to my personal faith. As
0: you look at the impact you as a pastor can make in the community and you as a business guy and a pastor can make in the community, what is the number one thing you'd love to do in the community to make a difference? What is that difference that you want to make?
1: I'd like to uh, restore their faith in Christian faith. I'd like to see the business community's faith restored in the Christian faith, that it would become more than the cliche that it is now. And I believe I believe it is the cliche because of, of its it's all it's become a verbal uh, faith rather than a living in action faith. And uh, and it's going to take believers in the marketplace living principles, not personalities. <laughs>
0: All right. So as you, as we close out this interview, what's the one challenge you want to take out to those, to the listening audience today, those business leaders, Christian business owners, Christian employees? What's the challenge you want to leave out to them?
1: I'd love to speak to the Christian uh, believers in the marketplace and just ask them if their relationship with God is genuinely fulfilling in their life right now. And if it's not, you know, if that abiding relationship is not producing the promises that you see in God's word or that you hear inside your church or hear from other uh, church leaders, if it's not, then I want you to ask yourself the question, why? And there's really only two answers to that question. It's either uh, God's promises aren't true or we're not abiding in the way that God's called us to abide. And I just want to challenge us all to consider that.
0: Well, and, and, I, and I add to that challenge as we go into the transition, as we close out the show today, if your life's been impacted by Jesus Christ, it should impact everything that you do, That's right. from how you treat your spouse, to how you treat your children, to how you treat your friends, to how you work. That's right. And if you own a business and you're a Christ follower, your business should be decidedly different Absolutely. than your non-Christian competition. Absolutely. All right, so the question then is, has your life been radically affected by Christ? And if it is, and you're running a business, does it look different than your non-Christian competition? Because if it doesn't, then you need to start asking some questions. But if you're perplexed on how to incorporate your faith in Christ, into your business so that it does look and feel different, then you need to check out Business His Way. It's a biblical mentoring process designed for you to learn how to follow our Lord in your workplace. It's brought to you by C12 Tampa Bay and I work for Him. We meet on a monthly basis. We study a book, we study Bible verses, and we put it all together just as a short challenge, a couple hours every month, on how we can start being more effective as business leaders in our workplace. For more information, contact me, jim at iWorkForHim.com jim at iWork, the number four himcom Next week on the iWorkForHim show, we'll be talking with Dr. Chris Hood with Hood Chiropractic, and that will be a riot, and we added into the mix Brian Zoss with the Navigators who's working on mentoring pastors and business leaders, and so those three, those three the three of us in the studio next week, it will be a fast move. Conversation. Dr. Chris Hood is super intellectual and he knows it's funny. It's going to be a funny conversation. And we're going to be talking about incorporating Christ in your workplace, and Brian will talk about the Navigators Discipleship Program developed specifically for business people. Listen, my sponsors are people I trust, people you can trust. Please do business with them. I want to give thanks today to the Christian Chamber of Commerce, Tampa Bay. Ross Harrop with C-12 Tampa Bay. Luke Andrews with Luke Andrews uh, Generation Mortgage and with Charles Ruttenberg Real Estate. Dan Geyer with Direct Hits Management. Gary Melanowski and Chick-fil-A Seminole Boulevard and Park Boulevard. Eric Most with Most Insurance. 2B1 Ministries with Marriage Mentoring for All Married Couples. And the Tampa Mayor's Prayer Breakfast on May the 7th as well as Platinum information services and jim brangenberg he's quite the guy all right look for links to their company websites listed on our website iworkforhim.com and on our website you'll also find all kinds of great resources including the show schedule the guest schedule and all kind of recommended resources all right thank you john for being on this, the show today john ferris pastor at crosspoint church it's been a pleasure having you on the show
1: thanks jim for having me
0: all right please take time to like us on facebook just search for i work for him Thanks to Mike Miracle, not only for finding another song with Miracle built into it, but also for running the controls and keeping me on time today. If you found today's show inspiring or challenging, could you let me know? Pop me an email, jim at iWorkForHim.com. I love to hear from you. It lets me know that I need to keep going week after week. All right, you've been listening to the I Work For Him show. I've got a commercial coming up from Chick-fil-A. Make sure you listen because we're talking about number one on the menu. All right, I am your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. I own my own business. I don't know about you, Tampa Bay, and around the world, but I work for him.
1: You don't think people really
0: change.